0: Welcome to the Catholic Connect Podcast. I'm your host, David Scubin. This is a podcast for all Catholics and people of goodwill who strive to live in the world, but not be of the world. First and foremost, we need to be disciples of Jesus ourselves, and then we go forth and make disciples of all nations, just as our Lord commanded. Through a series of timely topics and great guests, we will take that long and narrow journey to heaven together, encouraging each other in faith and virtue along the way. So let's get started. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. Well, welcome to this episode of the podcast where we are in the world, but we are not of the world and we are going to get holy or we're going to die trying. And as we record this, we're still right in the middle of uh, this virus, this virus. Chinese Communist Party virus that has caused death. And uh, yes, indeed, there's no question about that. Uh, But we need to acknowledge also that the economic and social impacts goes well beyond the effects of this virus's death and cases. And job losses, financial stress, lockdowns, mental health issues, and a dramatic downturn in the reception of the sacraments in the Catholic Church are incredibly hard for me and, and I'm sure for a lot of you to wrap your head around. You know, we've got places in this country right now in uh, Ontario and I believe even Quebec that uh, they cannot attend mass right now while as we're recording this and as you're maybe even hearing this there's also countries like Slovakia that's a place of my uh, heritage where my, uh, my dad and my grandparents on both sides of my family are from they haven't been to mass in months and uh, it's getting a little bit frustrating and it's getting uh, not a little bit frustrating it's uh, actually nauseating and it's Discouraging because as Catholics, we see that there is something beyond this life. There is something much bigger than what we see in front of us. We talk about striving for heaven and striving for magnanimity, and uh, there's a lot of hurdles in our way right now. There's no doubt about that. And from a political and practical perspective, I'm very concerned about the origins of this virus as well. And it seems to be getting lost in the media and a lot of the public discussion. And I already mentioned, I called it like. I see it, Communist China. And uh, I'd like to do a separate podcast and, or maybe even more than one podcast on China and the negative impact it is having on the world and our church. There are all kinds of problems coming out of China. This virus is only the tip of the iceberg. And uh, also just the way that uh, individuals and governments have treated this virus. It's a very concerning time right now. And it does feel like society is fractured more now than ever. But uh, this episode, though, this episode of the podcast is meant to give you hope in the reality of Jesus Christ and the power of his church. And this is an opportunity for us. I just don't want us to, to blow this, us Catholics. We've got to take this opportunity for a profound conversion of heart, our own personal lives. And once we get that settled, let's, uh, let's really zero in on our families and our friends and, and really make a true difference for the church, a true difference for Jesus Christ in this world. You know we've talked a lot about the superstars of the catholic church of course you know i'm a big sports fan i know a lot of you are as well and i love to I uh, use sporting analogies when talking about things of the faith and uh the superstars of the church are of course the saints in heaven they're the members of the church triumphant and of course we have three different levels of our, our church the church triumphant the people that are have died and are in heaven right now and they're praying for us at the church militant that's us if you're living and breathing right now That means you are in a spiritual war right now, and that's why we're called the church militant. And then, of course, the the poor suffering souls in purgatory, we call them the church suffering. They're still a huge part of our church, and we need to remember them every day because one day they're going to be in heaven, and they're going to help us here on earth because they'll be interceding for us before the throne of God. So we never want to forget them either. Today we introduce you, though, to another one of our church's dream team who stared down an actual plague with fierce faith and charity that we can only hope and pray for in today's age. And that saint is Carlo Borromeo, or as we call him, Charles Borromeo. You know, the Church for Centuries has encouraged its faithful to pick a saint to have a devotion to and ask for their intercession before the throne of God. But saints have a blessed way of picking us before we pick them, and to me, St. Charles Borromeo is no different, and this is for me personally. When I was just a little fella, before even going to school, the parish that my mom and dad faithfully took me to was in the hamlet of Tawatna, Alberta. So 10 points for you if you've heard of this town. But there is a small downhill and cross-country ski resort in this town, believe it or not. If you're familiar with Edmonton, it's going north on Highway 2 on your way to Athabasca. It's a couple, I think it's a mile off the road. Uh, and now in the time of this virus, I think a lot of people are looking for things to do. So this little ski resort's getting a little bit more popular nowadays from what I understand. I do have some family members that work there. So there are some of you that know exactly where Twatna is, but uh, you know that ski hill also explains why so many farm kids on the plains of Alberta ended up being half decent downhill skiers. That's where I learned how to ski. So if you ever feel like going out for a little drive through Wild Rose Country, beautiful Alberta, and want to check Tawatna out, on your way to the ski hill, just south of that big parking lot, It's uh, there's now a now permanently closed church of my youth right there. And what was really neat was that because the close proximity to the hill, there's a small little wooden rack right outside the steps to the church uh, where skiers would actually lean their skis and their poles while attending mass on Sunday morning. Uh, maybe not the most reverent way to worship, but I still recall some people coming into Mass with their ski boots on. Just one of those little things you may never see anywhere else in the world, let alone in Alberta, but something I still remember with very fond memories. Uh, and I still remember the smell of beeswax candles. And uh, I think I mentioned that story before to you when I was talking to uh, Matthew Arnold, there was something about beeswax and something about that traditional smells of the Catholic church that I remember so, so profoundly and so clearly in my memory. And, you know, I still remember the families that used to sit in those pews, the, the Hooglans, the Geigers, the Hansons. You know, a lot of these folks have passed away, so God rest their souls. Um, the, the Catholic cemetery is located only a mile or two from town, and that's where my dad is buried as well. So definitely want to pray for them. We already talked about the souls in purgatory, so uh, eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, let perpetual light shine upon them. These and all souls of the faithful departed through the mercy of God. Rest in peace. So this church, like I said, it closed down decades ago, but the name of the parish was, uh, you guessed it, St. Charles Borromeo. So when you go for a drive through Tuatna Valley, it's a beautiful place. Don't forget those people, all those people over the decades that were baptized, married, and buried there. And don't forget that St. Charles Borromeo hits his namesake of that little parish that inspires us Catholics to spiritual greatness today. So who is St. Charles Borromeo? Well, He was born into an incredibly faith-filled family and quite a wealthy family in Italy in the 16th century. In fact, his mother's brother, so his uncle, was Pope Pius IV. Now, Charles' family was quite wealthy, like I said, but that did not distract Charles from a life of profound holiness. Incredibly, he was actually elevated to being a cardinal at the tender age of 21. (laughs) So now during this time, Uh, In the church and in the world, it wasn't entirely out of the ordinary for young men to be ordained to the priesthood and elevated to be a bishop or even a cardinal. Uh, However, Charles was not one to take this position out of pride. From a very young age, he was all in when it came to the well-being of souls and being a faithful priest and an outstanding preacher. In fact, a lot of people actually know Charles Borromeo as being an instrumental force for truth in the massive counter-reformation in response to the Protestant Reformation that began to bring about reform to the Catholic Church, it started the largest renewal in the history of the Church at the time, and that has led to the rise of many orders that we know today, including the Capuchins, which is Padre Pio's order, the Ursuline sisters who had a major influence in the education of Catholic girls around the world, and even right here in Canada, and of course the Society of Jesus, we know them as the Jesuits, And our Holy Father, Pope Francis, is of course a member of the Jesuits. Charles Borromeo's vigor and passion for renewal in the church and for converting the souls of Protestants and Catholic heretics is among the many great acts of Charles' life. But what he is also very well known for was his response to an actual plague in the city of Milan and why it's actually known as St. Charles' Plague to this day. Between 1576 and 1578, This plague tore through northern Italy, leaving tens of thousands dead in its wake. But his holy and merciful response to the plague should give us all guidance on how to respond to our present-day troubles. The plague broke out in Milan in summer 1576. Hearing of the outbreak, most secular authorities literally headed for the hills, far away from the city where many had country residences. When the few remaining political leaders asked if Bishop Charles could be the city's leader, he responded with the following, A long time ago I resolved never to leave undone anything which might be for the people's good. I beg you above all not to lose heart. Do not be affected by the example of those born and bred in the city who hurriedly abandoned it by flight at the very moment when it needed help. End quote. Now here's something interesting. The government authorities were afraid of contagion, so they immediately banned church services, any public processions, and because of that, many poor souls were deprived of the sacraments, particularly confession, the Eucharist, and the last rites. Now St. Charles said that this was the reason for God's wrath on Milan, and the only way, the only cure, was to pray and to do penance. So after taking care of his earthly affairs, uh, he actually went and wrote a will. Charles offered himself as a victim for the sins of the people and proceeded to go out every day to visit the sick and the dying with a particular focus on the spiritual well-being of the suffering. Now, I find this interesting. Uh, Let's be honest, Catholics. How often are we more concerned about the sanitization of our hands and our houses but haven't been to confession in months or even years? Let's be honest. We know we all know that there's people in that uh, that boat and it might be you. You need to go to confession. Even the widespread dispensations are issued for many dioceses. Do we have a legitimate fear of attending mass because we are afraid of the virus? You have no issue shopping at a crowded box store. I ask this because the most vulnerable demographic is the elderly. And to be honest, it is that demographic that I see the most attending mass. I do, guys. I see them there all the time because, you know what, it's a great example because they look at this life a lot differently than most Catholics. They're looking towards heaven, and they're a great, great example to us. You know, there's people in their 70s and in their 80s that the 10 mass, and uh, they're not thinking about the virus too much, guys. Of course, they want to live a long life on earth, but they are thinking of eternal life in heaven. You know, if you're a young guy my age in good physical shape, there is absolutely no reason for you not to go to Mass. There is no reason. All right, so back to Charles and the poor plight of Milan. Many priests were in hiding out of fear of the plague, neglecting their priestly duties, which is to administer the sacraments. As Charles discovered that he issued this note of encouragement to these AWOL priests, saying, quote, we have only one life. And we should spend it for Jesus Christ and souls, not as we wish, but at the time and the way God wishes. It would show presumption and neglect for our duties and God's service to fail to do this. End quote. The saint went on to rebuke his priest, saying, quote, Do not be so forgetful to your priesthood as to prefer a late death to a holy one. End quote. There's a lesson for us in this, isn't there? The brevity of life. We just went over that in a recent podcast episode. Why do we need to live a sacramental life? Well, we don't know when the hour of the Son of Man will come for the last judgment or for our own individual judgments at our own personal death. So don't be like the virgins without oil for their lamps in the gospel. Stay ready. Don't even spend a second of your life in the state of mortal sin. As we mentioned earlier, Charles came from a fairly wealthy family, so he did have some money at his disposal, but immediately he spent all that he had to assist the poor of Milan. As the seasons changed and the weather became colder, Charles even had the curtains of the bishop's residence taken down and turned into warmer clothing for the priests so they could continue to administer the sacraments and visitations throughout the winter. Commerce had virtually stopped, and uh, not only was food scarce, but so was clothing. Now this plague was indeed a devastating one, where the bodies of the dead were gathered at the end of each day and collected in wagons for large-scale burials the next day. There is a story of one particular poor soul who, being presumed dead, was added to the carts of the dead bodies. Can you imagine that? When Charles was making his procession through the city, The nearly dead man mustered all his strength to call out for charles begging to receive the blessed sacrament before he passed away of course charles obliged and the man even managed to get to his knees to receive the blessed lord so this is called viaticum and this is my friends of infinite value to to anybody who is about to die And it is vital that priests give this great gift at the end of all of our lives, if they can. Charles obviously saw the eternal value of the last sacraments and let his ministry during this revolve around the administration of this sacrament to the departing souls. So what is Viaticum? Well, let's turn to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, reference number 1524. It says, quote, In addition, To the anointing of the sick, the Church offers those who are about to leave this life the Eucharist as viaticum. Communion in the body and blood of Christ received at this moment of passing over to the Father has a particular significance and importance. It is the seed of eternal life and the power of resurrection. According to the words of the Lord, He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. I will raise him up at the last day. The sacrament of Christ, once dead and now risen, the Eucharist is here, the sacrament of passing over from death to life, from this world to the Father. End quote. Do you see why it's vital for priests to be able to visit the sick at any time? And again, the loss of faith and the bedrock beliefs of our Catholic faith, it's frightening, quite frankly. How many times have we heard stories of Catholics on their deathbeds and their children not being catechized enough to help their parents spiritually in the last hours of their life this is a massive problem that we just don't know and won't know the extent of until all is revealed at the end lord have mercy on us all well things started turning around slowly after public processions of the holy eucharist outdoor masses sacraments of the sick and the fervent penance from those fit enough to do so during what's during one such procession in which Charles would carry the Holy Sacrament barefoot through the streets of Milan, he stubbed his toe on a street obstacle, tearing the nail right off his toe. He offered this suffering as an act of reparation for the sins of his people and kept his practice of procession barefoot, even with this painful wound. You know, our priests are are just such amazing blessings to us as Catholics. And to think about this, without priests, we cannot go to heaven. Right from our baptism to receiving the extreme unction or last rites before we die, we absolutely must have priests. The priest's two main duties are to administer the sacraments, of course, especially through the Eucharist and saying the Mass. The second is to pray and sacrifice for the people. As you can see, Charles did this and so much more for the people of Milan. Now, Charles still observed ordinary and practical remedies. The faithful were told to avoid contact with each other, Masses were held outdoors only if the inside of churches were too cramped. He ordered more Masses to be said than before. Catechism classes were taught on street corners. And sacramentals like Holy Water were still available, but separate fonts were made available for the disease-stricken. Another important point here, if we don't have Holy Water fonts in the church, which is uh, really unfortunate to be. You need to have a priest bless some holy water for you and have a few bottles around your home. So bless yourself and your family often, especially guys, bless your wife, bless your children. And uh, that's uh, that's your duty as a as a father and as the spiritual leader of your household. So please do that, especially now that at least in the most well my parish and most areas, most of the parishes around our diocese, we don't have holy water fonts right now. So but you can still have holy water in your home. The sacramental lowercase will be the subject of another podcast. There's a difference between the sacraments with an uppercase, which would be confession, Eucharist, for example, and then sacramentals, like having holy water. St. Charles says this, Take the plague of the soul in consideration more than the contagion of the body, which, for many reasons, is less pernicious. Again, what is worse? Living a long and healthy life in a state of mortal sin or to die young in a state of grace. keep thinking back to St. Dominic Savio, his uh, famous words. He he died when he was only 14 or 15 years old. He said he'd rather die than sin. Boy, we need to get to that place, don't we? In addition to the spiritual acts of penance and administering the sacraments, it is estimated that Charles fed 60,000 people per day. He started orphanages for children whose parents had died in the plague, and even outfitting these poor kids with a small herd of goats so they'd have some fresh milk. He visited a house of lepers almost every day. You know, fear was not a part of this holy man's arsenal, but holy courage to be an example to the clergy and to the people of this city. Now, the city of Milan at this time had about 120,000 inhabitants, and approximately 15% of the population died over this period of about two and a half years smaller cities like venice had closer to half the population perish so this plague was legitimate it was a legitimate plague and we need to ask ourselves and our leaders to what extent these lockdowns is just is a just reaction to COVID 19. we also need to ask why government leaders appear to be using this virus as a means for taking individual freedoms imposing crippling economic debt and talking about a "Quote unquote reset of our society. Last but certainly not least, but it's the most important: shutting down churches and not allowing the graces of mass, receiving the Eucharist, and going to confession. You know, this is certainly not from God. And um, I think also of our our uh, our separated brothers and sisters that uh, are Protestants that uh, they don't get to go at all. You know, music's such a big thing for them and for their worship, and they cannot do that you know, and for us Catholics and, and the Orthodox, we need to receive Jesus, period. And we have missed this opportunity to be an example to the world of how important the Eucharist is to receive the body, blood, soul, and divinity in person. We cannot do this via Skype or Zoom. We just can't. You know, I want you, the listeners, to be familiar with um, a great Bible passage. from Psalm 91, and I encourage you to read it often. And Maybe even make it a point to read it with your entire household here sometime in the next day or two. It's a a prayer of protection, and I want to share it with you right now. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, who abides in the shadow of the Almighty, will say to the Lord, My refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions. And under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked, because you have made the Lord your refuge. The Most High your habitation. No evil shall befall you. No scourge come near your tent. For he will give his angels charge of you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Because he clings to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. There's a reference there in uh, in verse 4. Under his wings, you will find refuge. And uh, there's a, a real great Catholic evangelist named Jesse Romero. And he said that the understanding of that verse now in the New Testament is that um, under the wings is a reference to Jesus Christ and the cross. And I thought that was beautiful. Under the wings, you will find protection. Under his cross, you will find protection. So let's, uh, let's keep that in mind when we're going forward in our life because I know it's not an easy time for people and it's not an easy time for any of us but uh, let's take uh, comfort and solace in that uh, being under the wings of Jesus under the cross for his protection and uh, read this verse uh, read the whole chapter chapter 91 often as you can see it only takes a couple minutes to read it meditate on the words and know that Jesus is here to protect us and take care of us and uh, and to um, and to to protect us but also to give us salvation we call upon his name with sincerity. So our special friend and brother, St. Charles Borromeo, is now in heaven forever at the throne of God interceding for us. And uh, he has a lot going on up there because the church has chosen him as the patron for, among many other things, he's a patron of cardinals, bishops, catechists, catechumens, spiritual directors and leaders, people who struggle with ulcers or stomach ailments, the cities of Lombardy, Italy, monterey california and last but certainly not least complete with the smell of incense and beeswax candles he will forever be the patron of the little country parish of my youth in tawatton alberta saint charles borromeo pray for us thanks for listening to the catholic connect podcast it's so great to hear from so many of you and uh just uh, love doing this podcast and, and it's introduced me to so many people in the greater Uh, christian community and uh, just uh, yeah love having uh, that interaction with you so please subscribe and like share with your family and friends and follow us on facebook and twitter and uh, in this time of confusion in our world i urge you catholics to strive for magnanimity just like saint charles borromeo would want us to and to dream big again catholics dream big again you know i beg you for the sake of this church and for your own souls just dream big again we were born not for mediocrity and to go to the, with the ways of the world, but we were born for greatness. And you know that drill, Catholics. you got to go to confession at least three times every year, every Advent, every Lent, and anytime you're in a state of mortals. and Don't even spend a second of your life there. Thanks for listening, everyone. God bless. We'll chat with you very soon.